Love Talk Radio. Union representatives Monday night. 
thanking organized labor for helping pass his vote-approved tax hike in 2012 and workers' compensation reform and violence to be around for the next five years. Obama will review deportations. Here's what we can do to stop them from the new republic. Under escalating pressure from immigrants' rights advocates, President Obama pledged to review his deportation policies late Thursday. It was the first suggestion in over a year that Obama may act alone on immigration while legislative reform languishes in the House of Representatives. Scalia's looming fiasco. Obscure new SCOTUS case may be worse than Citizens United. Sometime in the next three months, perhaps as early as next week, the U.S. Supreme Court will issue its next week campaign finance decision, a ruling that reformers worry will open the floodgates of 1% of campaign cash. A first step. After months of deliberation, the Obama administration issued a proposed gainful employment regulation in an effort to protect students from programs at at-for-profit colleges that leave them with unmanageable debt and worthless degrees. The biggest U.S. airway unit strike for equal play with American Airlines from the street. U.S. Airways' biggest union said it wants to be able to strike because its members are paid less than the American workers who do the same jobs despite the two carriers' merger. Ohio mistrusts democracy from the New York Times. Ohio Republicans must not think their political candidates can win a fair fight against Democrats. They've decided to rig the state's election system in their favor, deliberately making voting harder for people who tend to vote Democratic, particularly minorities and the poor. Mistreated Walmart employees speak out against the company. This is from the street. As I have noted in recent days, the response to my recent Walmart store, store stories has been nothing short of overwhelming. The risk of weak unions from wage earners to wage slaves. Buck County, Korea Times. Regarding the comments of Mr. Brulette in his recent commentary, union wages, unions wage war on workers' rights. It must be noted that Brulette is president and CEO of the Commonwealth Foundation, a conservative free market think tank in Harrisburg, and for the record, I am a dues-paying union member. Why French trade unions are so strong, the economists. French unions are due to take to the streets again on March 18th for a day of action and protest. The Qatar World Cup is a disaster. 1,200 workers have dead new bribery investigation. A report from the International Trade Union Confederation says 1,200 migrant workers from India and Nepal have died in Qatar since the country was awarded the 2022 World Cup soccer. What is happening with MLS referees and why is it important? The U.S. National Soccer Players Association for the past 40 years, one sport in this country has been consistently hostile to professional athletes and other employees. Soccer. Hmm. I didn't know that. Well, in fact, Republican red states have America's highest poverty rates. That's two folks. During the protest against America's involvement in the Vietnam War, it became very popular for warmongers and so-called patriots to tell young men facing losing their 
lives in a worthless war and those protesting to save them, that this is America, love it or leave it. The implication was that since Congress adhered to the Constitution in waging war, regardless of devastating consequences, the American people were obliged to either show their love for a country and support the war or get out. And there is a segment of the population today that hates America, its people, and the nation's uh, founding document. But instead of backing up and leaving the country, they, are, they have tasked the Republicans to push the entire population by legislating that all Americans suffer their lifestyle founded on poverty, bigotry, ill health, and religious ignorance. Although there are Americans who hate this nation across the country, it is the former Confederacy that is punishing the people because they failed in their attempts to destroy America of their rejection of the United States Constitution they claim to love. I, I, I have to disclaim myself on this one. I think it's bizarre, but, you know, it's political USA. And you know, there are people in this country who really dis dislike this country, and a lot of there are a lot of people... Well, they can move out if they don't like Yeah, but you hear, you don't realize that there are a lot of people expatriating right now. Where are they going? They're going to Europe. They're going to other countries. Good luck. They're not going to have any luck going to But they're, they're leaving. They are leaving the country. Southern states are still resentful that they are unable to rip America apart because the Constitution forbade them from keeping dark-skinned human beings as livestock. So they spent the last 149 years punishing different groups of Americans based on their political instruction, I know, the Christian Bible. And over the past 30 years, angry Southerners began electing uh, Republicans to strip everything from the people until they relented to a government by Bible that drove, them, uh, that drove their attempt to restrict other Americans from their constitutional freedoms. And Republicans have happily accommodated Southerners to bring down the rest of the nation to their level of poverty and distress that Southern red state voters embrace so long as they have imaginary enemies who believe Americans deserve more than slave wages, sickness, dire poverty, prayer, and firearms. But it's fairly common knowledge that the former Confederacy considered only human beings a biblically supported and constitutional right according to their interpretation of the Tenth Amendment. But even after losing the Civil War, they persisted in targeting their own groups for discrimination and biblical justification. Since their war against America, Southern states opposed interracial marriage, women's rights to vote, civil rights, voting rights, women's rights to choose their reproductive health, and recently gay rights. And the impetus of their opposition to those rights guaranteed in the Constitution, we found that their religion, and since they were prohibited by the Constitution from depriving those groups of their rights, they have taken out their anger on the rest of the population by electing Republicans to Congress who promised to subject every American to conditions red states uh, residents live under, including poverty, slave wages, sickness and disease, and no hope of ever escaping their chosen lifestyle. That's interesting. But, you know, the, the, where I disagree with this guy in a big way is that the Republicans, oddly enough, you know, uh, were the supporters of, uh, I mean, uh, of, of freedom for slavery. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. 
That's true. Okay, the Democrats were bastards. They were the they were the they were the slave owners. They were the people that wanted to keep uh, slavery uh, in in the states. I mean, you know, Democrats and suddenly Democrats changed around. I mean, it's pretty bizarre how that happened. But Republicans uh, suddenly became the, the the bigots, and the Democrats suddenly became the the, the uh, that, was, that was when Lyndon Johnson changed. Yeah, everything. but you know, but you know what Lyndon Johnson said? No. Yeah. I mean, it, it's terrible to say that. I, I should probably shouldn't say this on, on the air, but he was quoted as saying, after he signed the uh, the uh, war on poverty, yeah. and the civil rights bill, he says there'll never be a no no well the N word yeah uh, will ever vote for a Republican again after this bill. That was right? true. And you know, and Mostly. yeah, and and he and he he was practically right. But Martin Luther King, oddly enough, during the 60s, trusted the trusted Nixon and trusted uh, the Republican Party over the over the Democratic Party because the Republican Party had always been the ones who were, who were advocating civil rights, all right. But that something changed and something dramatically changed during the 60s, all right. And suddenly the Republicans became became the the, the, the bad guys. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I think I think it was, um, was it Alabama's uh, Wallace. I think he was a Democrat. George Wallace. Yeah. I think he was. I think he was a Democrat, and he became independent. He became an independent because Democrats had uh, 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 what's his name, uh, Johnson, Ryan Johnson. Okay. Anyway, I, I, I I'll pass on this because it get, it gets more and more bizarre. I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but you know it's interesting to note that how things changed, okay? mm-hmm. how things really changed. The brand but, changed. But right now, the the fact is that the Republican red states have America's highest poverty rates because they won't sign for any Medicaid, kind of Medicaid, Medicaid or anything, anything for anybody. No, they don't give a damn. Right? Or their governors don't give. Yeah, they governors, yeah, and the people supporting them. You know. Well. That's questionable since we don't have fair elections. Yeah. So I I always am not sure that those people are ever elected. So. <laughs> yeah, really. I don't know. How can I be? Yeah, that's true. In the for states, the roundup for March 18th. Well, I was just going to mention oh, one thing before you go. The Center for American Progress, at the minimum, the federal minimum wage had kept pace with workers' productivity. Since 1968, yeah. the inflation-adjusted minimum wage would be $18.67 right now. Well, I was thinking it should it should be about that, about $15 an hour, well, not less 18, than that. $18.67. More than what I thought. I was thinking it should be at, at least, least $15. That, at least that, yeah. And that's what it would have been had it kept the pace with, with inflation. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay, roundup of the states, what's happening. In Alabama, Republicans in the state house have passed a bill that would preempt local governments that want to provide leave for sick workers or victims of domestic abuse. This bill would also repeal already existing local ordinances providing leave. Alabama residents should send an email telling legislators to oppose that bill. In Georgia, the state house passed a bill that would dramatically shorten early voting more than cutting the requirement minimum days in half. In Hawaii, 
Each house of the state legislature passed a bill to raise the state's minimum wage. The Senate bill would raise the wage to 1010 by 2017, while the House bill would raise the minimum to $10 by 2018. The two bills must be reconciled before legislation can move forward. In Iowa, a bill to create an online voter registration passed the state Senate unanimously and moved to the state house. In Maryland, the, sec the state Senate passed a bill that would prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation and identity in employment, housing, and public places such as hotels, restaurants, and theaters. In Minnesota, a state house committee advanced the paid six days bill that would require employees, employers with 21 or more employees to earn up to 72 hours of paid leave. Businesses smaller than 21 workers will be required to provide up to 40 hours of earned sick days. Mississippi. The state Senate unanimously passed an Arizona-style license to discriminate bill that targets the lesbian, gay, and transgender community. Mississippi residents should sign the petition asking the House members to vote against that bill. In New York, the State Assembly passed two bills friendly to working families this week. The first would require employers to provide family, paid family leave, and the second would increase funding for child care programs. In Oregon, Governor John Kathart-Haber reached a deal with the labor and business leaders to withdraw a proposed right to work for less valid initiative that would have gone before voters in November. And in Tennessee, the State House is considering legislation that would make mass picketing a misdemeanor and would limit the ability of Tennessee residents to protest or rally as part of a strike, lockout, or other labor activity. Hmm. Not a labor-friendly state. No, definitely not. There are three kinds of men. The one that learns by reading, the one who learns by observation, and the rest of them have to pee on the electric fence for themselves. That was by Will Rogers. Mm -hmm. Boy, is that true, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah? Okay. Well, anyway, I'm, I, I don't know. Um, you got something there? Else? Yeah. This is a little more about when the Kellogg Company locked out some 220 workers from Memphis, Tennessee plant in October. Um, they want to go from full-time jobs to part to hiring part-time casual employees. Right. So let's see what they what the audio is on this. Okay. My name is Walter Johnson III, and I've been a mechanic 33 years. I was diagnosed with atrial fibrillation. They took me out in ambulance. The day we got locked out of our job. I lost my company insurance, all medical benefits that day. I couldn't get the heart operation I needed, which meant I could have had a stroke. I mean, it was scary sitting there wondering, am I going to make it till I can finally have this surgery? For years, I did right by my company, but they did not do right by me. My name is Roger Brown. I load trailers for a big nationally known company, and I've been with this company for almost 41 years. One day the company sent me a letter saying that they were going to lock us out of the plant if we didn't agree to their terms. 
and they did that and immediately shut down our insurance, our benefits. After I lost my insurance, my wife had a heart attack. I had to pay $5,600 to get COBRA insurance. Now it's going to cost me $1,704 a month to keep that. My name is Candace Wilson. When I started at the company, I heard it was a really good family company and had really good benefits, great pay. When I found out I was pregnant, it was about the time all the lockout stuff started happening. The day of the lockout, I actually had a doctor's appointment. And then a week after, I went to the hospital to have my son and found out that the insurance was canceled. It resulted in over $20,000 in doctor bills just for the delivery. I have had no income at all since the lockout. I never thought I'd be in this position. I never thought I'd be in this position. After 41 years, I never thought I would be in this position. I think that's the Kellogg Company in Memphis, Tennessee. That's the Kellogg Company. Mm -hmm. They want to go from having full-time jobs to giving everybody part-time jobs, probably in no benefit. Yeah. I got something here that came up that uh, you might be interested. Um, hello there. My name is Jacob Rothschild. I am the ruler of this planet. My family owns federal, the Fed, your Federal Reserve. We are worth $500 trillion, and the world, world is in debt to us and can never pay it back. I own your media and government, and you don't even know who I am. It is a pleasure to meet you, slave. I'll get back to work. Hmm. Jacob Rothschild. Fixing inequality won't hurt the economy. Well, maybe, but inequality is a choice, but it's not one we have to make to grow. Okay, that doesn't make sense. Inequality is a choice, but it's not one we have to make to grow. Inequality is a choice? I don't think so. Yeah, it's kind of stupid. I don't know. It's put out by our, by our, by, uh, bad writing. Anyway, the fact may, the, the, the might, that might sound obvious, but isn't it, but isn't to economists. Most of them think there has been a trade-off between inequality and efficiency. That taxing that the rich to give to the poor has to slow the economy down because rich and poor alike uh, will have less incentive to work, so they won't. But as you may have noticed, the world doesn't always work the way economists think it has to. Uh, it turns out that redistribution uh, might actually increase growth, at least within limits. That's the conclusion of a new paper from the International Monetary Fund that looks at how inequality and redistribution affect how much and how long the, the economy grows. The trick is isolation, isolating how much redistribution helps growth by reducing inequality and how much it hurts growth by reducing work incentives. 
But the researchers are able to do this by looking at uh, Frederick Salt data on countries' inability uh, before and after taxes and transfers, and then running a few tests. Here are the big tax. Here are the big takeaways. All right. If you, number one, if two countries have the same amount of redistribution, the one with more inequality will tend to grow less. Specifically, moving from 50th to 60th percentiles for inequality will knock 0.5 percentage points off of per capita growth a year. If two countries have the same amount of inequality, the one and more redistributions will not tend to grow any less, at least not in a statistical significant way. This thing goes on insanity. You know, anyway, the, the more... It, it just proves that the more that the inequality, you know, this is the Atlantic, and it's such a useless magazine these days, but it's, uh, you know, it just tells you that the more a country, the more inequality there is in a country, the less productive it is, the mm -hmm. less significant it is, the, less, the more problems it has. Simple. The Atlantic is just what a joke of a magazine. Used to be a big magazine. Now it's just a waste of it. All right. Uh, Israel is a war criminal. Oh, I always agreed with that. The Gaza is one of the most densely populated areas in the world. It is surrounded, and people ha there have nowhere to go into a protective into protect uh, to go into to protect themselves. Half of the population are children. Palestine has no army, no navy, and no air force. What is happening there is a genocide, and the world should stop only watching Israel as a war criminal and must be punished for its crimes. Israel is a war criminal and must be punished for its crimes. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. This is interesting. We're getting away from a little, a little away from the Union News okay. here, but I, I wanted to talk about this tonight, because uh, this is from Haaretz, you know, the Jewish newspaper of of Israel, but, you know, report, Syrian opposition willing to trade Golan claims for Israeli military support. Isn't that bizarre? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if the Syrian opposition is willing to give up claims to the Golan Heights in return for cash and Israeli military aid against President Bashar Assad, a top opposition official told El Arab newspaper, according to reports in Al Alam. Why shouldn't we be able to sell the Golan Heights because it's better than losing Syria and Golan at once? They don't even have any right to it. You know what I mean? No. They have no right to it, these fucking rebels, and, that, and, yet, they're, and yet they're saying, oh, we're going to sell it to, 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 to the Israelis for, uh, you know, for money. You know, they have no right to it. <laughs> Amazing. Kala Alalama Wala uh, a prominent member of the Syrian opposition told the Arab newspaper, according Al Alam, an Arabic language Iran state-owned media outlet, the Western-backed military militant groups want Israel to enforce a no-fly zone over parts of southern Syria to protect rebel bases for airstrikes by Assad's forces, according to the report. Well. Syrian government forces backed by Hezbollah militants took full control over, of the town of Yabrod on Sunday after driving out uh, rebels. 
helping President Bashar Assad secure the land route linking the capital Damascus to Aleppo and Mediterranean coast of the third anniversary of Syrian civil war. The fall of Yabra, the last rebel bastion near the Lebanese border, could choke off a vital insurgent supply line from Lebanon and consolidate government control over a swath of territory from Damascus to, to the central cities of Homs. Right. Well, you know, it just is so bizarre to me, right, that that you know that the rebels would be selling their rights to 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 the Golan Heights, right, which they have no rights, right, you know, to the to 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 the Israelis. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's totally freaking unbelievable. <laughs> now here's something that came up. It says no matter how paranoid or conspiracy-minded you are. What the government is doing is worse than you imagine. That's from William Blum, former U.S. State Department employee. <laughs> imagine that? Huh? No. Yeah? Here's something interesting, too. Very, very interesting article. Here. It says, information, disinformation, and the credibility crisis. Where is the truth in today's news reporting? Right? And where... I'm sorry. Where is the truth in today's reporting, in reporting today, in news reporting today? A large percentage of American population no longer trusts mainstream news outlets, either on television or in print. A June 2013 Gallup poll indicates nearly four out of five Americans among young generations from 21 to 64 cannot trust the major news out, uh, networks. Oh, I not, believe that. Not when the likes of NBC, MSNBC are owned by General Electric, Comcast, and possibly Time Warner in this age of supermergers. Both the circulation and very survival of American newsprint organizations have shriveled and dried up completely. Imagine Among the nation's largest cities, uh, few traditional newspapers are still left today. Mm-hmm. Even the perennial powerhouse dailies like the New York Times, Washington Post, LA Times have gravely suffered. And in an attempt to keep up with the changing times, uh, years ago, moved to the Internet as their mainstay means of surviving in the computer age. Time Magazine and Newswork, Newsweek similarly have been forced to downsize the Newsweek, uh, permanently suspending its print circulation. In recent years, Time Magazine in print has been reduced in size to a mere skimpy little shadow of what we once was. To a significant portion of Americans, all the mainstream news corporations have been rendered state propaganda and disinformation tools for the U.S. government. Indeed, they're embedded, alias, in bed, uh, alias, in bed. Uh, news uh, reporting uh, has become a cynical joke amongst the populace. Mm-hmm. Entertainment, fluff, and filler space have come to obscure and replace news, real news and real issues that vitally affect the well-being, safety, and concerns of the American public. The controlling powers behind mainstream media outlets have made a concerted effort to keep American citizens the last to know, especially when it comes to world events and developments. you want to finish reading that, Lila? Yeah, go ahead. Accordingly, according... Yeah, I can't really see. I have to change glasses. I was reading something else. I have to have a couple of pairs of glasses here. According that the same Gallup poll, according if they need to say according to that same Gallup poll from last year, is going to trust that Americans 
have towards mainstream news is only exceeded by their distrust toward big business, HMOs, and U.S. Congress. Even the last month's Gallup poll shows President Obama's approval rating dipping to an all-time low of just 39%, with the majority of Americans now disapproving of his job performance. This negative, across-the-board view, reflects both a generalized discontent and disconnect with today's status quo power structure. And as a result, a mass exodus of U.S. citizens have switched to viewing their world through the known distorted lens of traditional news coverage to that of the World Wide Web, currently celebrating its quarter-century anniversary this week. Hence, in recent years, a growing number of people have been turning to online sources as their primary means of news information in current world events. Despite unlimited numbers to choose from of websites portending to depict accurate coverage of domestic and international events in this way today's world, the notion of objective, unbiased coverage becomes highly suspect. Thus, an informed public must be extremely discerning when it comes to believing what is true and what is and what isn't, and what are the lies based on propagandist manipulation. Ultimately, individuals will, will naturally gravitate toward whatever source of news best fits their particular biases and beliefs based on their world paradigm. So one's sense of reality and truth about the world becomes both highly elusive and subjective, if not impossible to see, tease out and graph. Well, I disagree with that, and I'll tell you why. I mean, I, I understand it, and I see what they're saying, but, you know, Lila and I have been doing this show for 14 years, basically, and, you know, on FM radio and on this, uh, online, and, you know, we 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 searched so many different sources. Yeah, but that's true. There's and, and lots of bias, Leo. There's a lot of bias, but we, we, we're, we're trained to, to, to we, we, we trained ourselves to really see through most of it. And, you know, we try really, really, everything that we've ever said on this show has come to bear. You know, did you know that? Well, there's been some, everything. There's been what, some what, things what? that we've made, we had to apologize about. Made, well, I don't remember what you they are. You don't remember because we never did. It did. We had to apologize a couple of times for things that we read off sites that were terribly inaccurate. Not true. That is true. No, that, hap- that happened on our I never did. Show. Maybe you did, but I never did. Right? Really I never real. apologized once uh-huh. for anything I've we said did. because everything has come true. We did. You no. just have a selective memory, Leo. Oh, the only time I ever apologized is when I supported Kerry for the presidency against Bush. Okay, that was the only time that I ever apologized on the air for anything because Kerry was a one big piece of crap. Okay, and Bush was no, a this, bigger this piece was, of crap. This was not opinion based. This was. An article that we read that we had to retract because it was uh, ridiculous. It was not true. All right. Well, Lila remembers it. Maybe she read it, but I didn't read it, so I'm not retracting. Which one it. you selected? Maybe, maybe. But I don't remember it. You don't remember the name of it. But I remember. So therefore, forget about it. It never no. happened. Oh, no, hey, let's, that's let's, not just true. Be, let's be the mainstream media. Forget about it. No, Nothing I, ever happened no, to the mainstream I don't want to be the mainstream. They never retract anything. I don't want to be the mainstream media. That's why we're doing this show. All right, so Lila can't remember the article. I don't remember retracting anything. I do. So from that day onwards, forget about it. Right. Everybody but makes mistakes. What, what we're telling you the truth, and, 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 and we try, we try yeah, to bring yeah. you fair and honest uh, 
uh, uh, information, you know. And you know, and don't and be so we, positive. Everybody well, makes if we mistakes. disagree with it, we tell the people we disagree. Just like this one, all right. We we agree with a lot of it, but we disagree with some of it as well, you know. But as far as the mainstream media is concerned, my God Almighty, it's the most obscure, uh, the most obtuse, more most. Uh, ah, it's it's just it's just horrible, you know, horrible. I think we so should go we, to a music break. So anyway. Let me just complete this. Creative questioning, exploring curiosity, daring to challenge authority is entirely absent from the current U.S. public education system. Oh, I agree with that. Bent on homogenized conformity and socialization toward robotic compliance. I agree with that 100%. And as a consequence, too many Americans blindly accept as gospel truth anything they read, as, that is, uh, if they still read at all, and naively assuming it would be uh, fit to print on the internet in books, magazines, newspapers, or seen on TV if it were not all true. Well, I agree with him. In a relative, in a related matter, a few decades, U.S. academic standards have plummeted from near the global top to far down the list. Based on 2009 Harvard study, American students rank 25th out of 34 developed nations in math and science. Likewise, over the past, over the same uh, period. The quality of written English skills of incoming college freshmen have also significantly deteriorated, while an alarming increase in literacy rates among U.S. high school graduates have been observed. The U.S. Department of Education revealed that in 2010, 26% of 12th graders fell well below the basic reading level, indicating that over a quarter of high school graduates these days do not possess the necessary skills to perform basic everyday literacy functions. An extremely strong correlation between this steady decline in academic standards and increased poverty rates in America largely accounts for these des des dismal recent trends in U.S. education. I think the increase in poverty rates has a devastating effect on education. Oh, absolutely. And it's not because of the lack of education. It's because of the lack of jobs. Okay. Then and the lack of living in a consistent place. Yeah. People in shelters, people losing their homes. Sure. Then it logically follows that the millions of Americans who are struggling to survive in today's hectic, pressured world neither have the time nor attention span to engage in the extra burden of fact-checking, cross-checking news sources. Yet, to arrive at a, close, at, a, at a closure, closer proximity of what is actually occurring in the world and stay informed seems necessary. An overwhelming interrelated coexisting factor further complicates this already muddled filter that distorts reality and events as they are. The growing chasm between the 1% haves is this status quo economic political system and the rest of us 99%ers who struggle to survive within the same inequitable broken system. The rapidly, the rapidly widening disparity between the rich and poor is driving up unprecedented levels of anxiety, powerlessness, and cynicism among the population. The cultural values that have historically brainwashed consumers toward indiscriminate buying and crass materialism no longer have the same effect than the increasing economic gap between 1% elite and the 99% have-nots is sinking the middle class into a swelling underclass of Americans 
literally fighting for survival. For the first time in U.S. history, the standard of living and upward mobility that has been a constant given for every previous younger generation of America is now sadly a phenomenon of the past. Also, for the first time, a growing segment of the citizens is recognizing that the status quo system is non-sustainable over the long run. They have come to painfully realize that the economic-political system of trickle-down economics and so-called free enterprise democracy rooted in exploitation, competition, greed, and sociopathy, sociopathy uh, no longer serves them or is even working. Hence, vast increasing numbers of desperate Americans have become so skeptical, cynical, and disenchanted that they do not uh, believe in much of anything except in their own bleak future. Isn't that yeah. sad? Paul Simon wrote once, we have, uh, where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? Yeah. Well, reacting to the absence of American heroes. Virtually all the greatest modern superstar athletes have broken records of cheating by cheating on performance enhancement shows. Mm-hmm. Film and singing idols have their dirty laundry viewed and aired daily in public. In America's or show their private parts to all the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. And America's most powerful leaders, politicians, and generals have long been viewed alongside the lowly used car salesmen as the most noxious liars, swindlers, and cheats. Feeling betrayed by their own government, the growing masses have finally come to realize the scam of American democracy, that their government they once trusted represents and protects only the special interests of the powerful elite, having systematically bought off their government representatives only to do the elite's shady, fair, unfair bidding. They see the dominoes of austerity spreading throughout southern Europe, okay, fast concluding that the writing on the wall for a very grim tomorrow awaits them as well. They witness the ravages of climate change and the inability of the government to protect them from free-falling disasters. They observe the rising political unrest in today's rapidly polarizing world and the reemergence of explosive, tense Cold War hostilities between East versus West and potential World War III triggered at, an, at any moment in any number of places, Ukraine, Syria, Iran, North Korea. Take your pick. You want to read the rest of that or no? I have to put on my other glasses. Well, without the illusion of security to buffer them and nothing and no one left to trust, where can the public turn to in order to understand and comprehend their ever-changing world that to them is springing out of control. If mainstream media can no longer be trusted, is the infinite number of blog sites and alternative news sites spewing out their own versions of reality any more accurate in delivering the truth to be lied to? Well, I can say yes, okay, in a skeptical and forsaken world. A proliferation of bogus, off-the-wall conspiracy theories gone mad websites are currently feeding a frenzied, disenfranchised uh, fringe element. But meanwhile, hundreds of small alternative news sites have mushroomed to serve an expanding market of news consumers desperately searching for honest and accurate depictions of real-world events and Democrats. Okay. But, you know, what, yeah. But the most important part of this is that, and I have to agree with most of what he's saying, all right, is that, yes, there, you know, we are in serious trouble. And nobody, nobody 
can trust the mainstream media. No. There's nothing you can trust you about. You know, you can't. Anything that comes out of their mouth, you know, it's a liar and manipulation. Yeah. They just told what to say. There's no creativity there. No, whatsoever. We choose from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of articles every program that we do. We, we filter through articles. We look through them. We see what we think that makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Don't we? And, and well, you do most of that. Well, I do, and you do as well. But you, know, but, you know, but, you know, we have seen enough stuff that we know pretty much what's true and what's not true and what's false and what's phony, right? And um, and we, we, we've been able to, to, to keep it that way. But, unfortunately, there's so much bogus, crazy crap out there, all right? So much. And you've started to read a few articles that you thought were going to be good and you said, and, oh, yeah, and I, and I found them to be, to be bullshit, but, you know, these articles are, are everywhere, and I agree with them. I, I know I agree with some of them, and I agree and I and I disagree. But I want to. But some of these articles are getting main play, you know, mainstay play, and I and I like to uh, counteract them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This one was funny. McCain exposed that the Syrian Christians who decided to describe atrocities committed by rebels, he wants to harm. Even even uh, his buddy there, Graham. Oh, uh, Lindsey Graham. Had to, just had to uh, agree uh, with me. Uh, no, apologize for him. Oh, really? Yeah. McCain is insane. McCain is just insane. McCain exposed that Syrian Christians who described atrocities committed by rebels he wants to arm. Hell bent on arming opposition forces in Syria, despite strong evidence that they're that they're run by Islamic terrorists. John McCain displayed behavior unbecoming of a United States senator during a recent meeting with Syrian Christian leaders touring Capitol Hill. What else is new? He swears, he pushes people, he shoves them. He's a horrible person. He's a horrible bastard. The delegation of Syrian clergy came to Washington to raise awareness among lawmakers of the growing crisis among the region's minority Christian community. Christians make up 10% of the Syrian population and they are being targeted and ruthlessly murdered by radical elements of the rebel forces, according to the visiting church officials. They say that the media and the human rights groups in the West have been largely silent on the ordeal of the Christians in Syria. A number of churches have been destroyed or burned. Children were killed when rebels fired mortar rockets at the Armenian Christian school in Damascus, and countless others have been abducted by Islamic fighters. The Syrian delegation reveals in a statement published by this research group, Westminster Institute, that brought them to Washington. Eleven nuns have been uh, abducted and are still in captivity, and two bishops are still missing their getting after getting kidnapped during a humanitarian mission. Want to read the rest of that? Sure. Just point where you are. But Senator McCain, an Arizona Republican, evidently doesn't want to hear negative stories about the rebels he's working to arm. So he stormed out of a closed-door meeting with Syrian clergy officials last week, held in the Senate Armed Service Committee's meeting room. The reunion also included Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island, Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, and Joe Mankin of West Virginia. Graham is a Republican, the rest are Democrats. McCain marched into the committee room yelling, according to a high-level source that attended the meeting and quickly stormed out. 
He was incredibly rude, the source told Judicial Watch, because he didn't think the Syrian church leavers should even be allowed in the room. Following the shameful tantrum, McCain re-entered the room and sat briefly, but refused to make eye talk contact with the participants, instead ignoring them by looking down at what appeared to be random papers. The outburst was so embarrassing that Senator Graham, also an advocate of U.S. military intervention in Syria, apologized for McCain's disturbing outburst. Graham actually apologized to the group for McCain's behavior, according to a source who sat through the entire meeting. It was truly unbelievable. Not really. For those familiar with McCain's history on this matter, the veteran lawmaker is enamored with a controversial young Syrian expert, Elizabeth O. Baggy, who has managed to convince him as well as the President and Secretary of State that Syrian rebels are mostly moderate and not terrorists. While persuading the U.S. of this, Obagi concealed that she was a political director for the Syrian Emergency Task Force, a group that advocates for Syria's rebels from Washington, D.C. Before getting exposed by the conservative media outlets, Obagi claimed to be an objective analyst at a Washington, D.C. think tank that studies military fears when, in fact, she had a reputation as the leading expert on the armed opposition in the Syrian revolution, according to SDTF. In September, Obagi was abruptly fired from the think tank for padding her resume, and McCain graciously hired her. Elizabeth is a talented researcher, and I have been very impressed by her knowledge and analysis in multiple briefings over the last year, McCain said in a statement to the and president. McCain is getting off on her. You know, he, she, she's probably giving him a blowjob. Okay. Besides the fact that Syrian Islamist group is essentially steering U.S. policy, a number of domestic and international media outlets have confirmed that terrorists, mainly al-Qaeda, are running opposition forces in Syria. For instance, the New York Times published a piece that reveals Islamist rebels including the most extreme groups in the notorious al-Nusra front, an al-Qaeda-aligned force, are running the show in Syria. The Islamist character of the opposition reflects the main constituency of a rebellion. The story says, nowhere in rebel-controlled Syria is there a secular fighting force to speak of. Yeah. See, the Freaking McCain should be, yeah, this guy should be, should well, be What's wrong with up. the people from Arizona? They've left him all the time. Uh, they're going to be a bunch of Looney Tunes. Yeah, they got, they're a Looney Tune country. They're a Looney Tune state. I mean, let, let the goddamn state just succeed and uh, become part of Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> that would <laughs> well, kill them out there, wouldn't That would happen, yeah. Incredibly last You can't month. blame everybody in Arizona, though. I'm sure they did. a lot of people didn't vote uh, for No, no, a lot of people did. That's to keep staying in power. Well, okay. they've elected, we've elected a lot of people here in Connecticut. I haven't liked I hope no, I don't me, get blamed me, for no, it. No, me too. Well, you know, we are. We're here. There are a lot of schmucks in this state, I'll tell you. Because last month, an intentional news agency reported that Congress secretly approved U.S. weapons flow uh, to what officials described as moderate Syrian rebel factions. The White House refused to comment on the backdoor operation, but the story cites cite U.S. and European officials who say the weapons deliveries have been funded by the U.S. Congress in votes behind closed doors through the end of the government fiscal year 2014. God! You know? Oh, yeah. 
God almighty. Hey, it just, it just makes you so sick, you know. I'm sorry, I, I just, you know. Right-wing news. Hell bent on arming opposition forces in Syria, despite strong evidence that they are run by Islamic terrorists, John McCain displayed behavior on the coming of a U.S. senator. Yeah, we just read all this stuff, but it's the same thing. Uh, it just makes you sick. You know, I, you know I, as much as I can't stand Obama, can you imagine if we would have had that son of a bitch in there? Huh? He's a lunatic. He's I mean, not right in the head. Can you imagine if we had... If we had if it's the only place McCain. he could ever find a job. If we could have had this. Look at this. Look, look at this. It, this. This made me sick today. Female trophy hunter sits smirking on top of a giraffe that she blasted to death with a rifle as it ate from a tree. Oh, my God. Yeah. Who the heck is she? Well, it's... We took we took Shelley out this morning with the thoughts of maybe getting a giraffe. <laughs> we found this big bull feeding in the trees, and Shelley put two good shots at him before it went down. Big mature bull. We have it all here, and we want to share it with you. This is the hunting club that that she was involved. It killed this big, huge bull giraffe. Why? What kind of pleasure is that? She's a Brain-dead human being, that's well, that's, why. Well, that's what I said. I mean, I, I posted this and I said, what's wrong with this woman and the idiot who took this picture? Isn't there a law against killing a giraffe? I mean, what kind of harm does a giraffe do? You know? Anyone would have to be deaf, dumb, and blind and absolutely stupid to kill a giraffe. It would be like killing a cow with a rifle. What did she do with it after she shot it? Leave it and take this picture? Should this hunting company be closed down and prosecuted? Where, it ha- where, did, where did it happen? It happened in, 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 in Africa. Mm-hmm. Look at this. This is the kind of, look at this, allhunts.com. This is a, this is the crazy-ass company, you know, that brings, that, that, that advertises and brings people in. Look at the stuff that they're doing. Look at this, look at these pictures. They're killing rhinos, rhinos, uh, lions. Uh, look at this. Look at the pictures on it. Leopards. All these rare animals, you know, elephants. Why? Well, yeah, you know. For what? What pleasure is there in killing things? Because these the people that that spend the money on this are freaking idiots. They're complete obsession nutballs. They should be dead. They should be hunted, you know, put in freaking uh, tanks and shot. And it's absolutely amazing. Texas hunting. Not Texas hunting. It says so right up there. Where? Homepage, Facebook, Texas hunting. Where? Right, right next to that. Oh, Texas hunting. Jesus Christ! Can't even imagine what they're hunting there. Oh yeah. Oh dear. Deer. But you know, you know these these other people. I mean, they're hunting rhino and all these protected animals. You know. All these animals are supposed to be protected, aren't they? I thought so. Here's this, this idiot, freaking idiot woman sitting on top of a dead bull giraffe that she shot. What kind of a crazy... How could you feel proud of that? I don't know what kind of crazy bitch, you know, I mean, it's, it's just insanity. Well, let's go really down to the... I can't look now. anymore. Go down yeah. to that next thing. There are three kinds of... Oh, I already read that. I read that earlier. Oh, okay. Here's one that I thought we might... 
Well, you read that yeah, last night. No, I didn't read it. Yes, you did. did. Kills me yes, I read you did. Oh, okay. All right, well, I'm sorry. Well, turmeric does kill cancer, so if you're interested in that, that happens. Uh, oh, here's something interesting. A little bit of freedom of speech. Uh, it turns out that Victorian Parliament in Australia passed a bill making protest illegal at 1 a.m. this morning. I did read something like that. Police can now order you to leave a political protest and then arrest you. In case you were wondering if protests work, liberals think it does. If if one if if you uh, one if you're wondering what a fascist police state looked like, stay silent. Uh, we will all see. Please let the world know about it. back where Australia is becoming. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, that makes you kind of sick. Yeah, yeah it's really frightening to think that, you know, Australia, it says you can't protest, you know? Huh. Amazing. So this evening, I paid a visit to Victorian State Parliament in a group of around 30 people. Versus next quote, you know, anyway, this, this is kind of a long article. But, you know, in Australia, you're not allowed to protest. Anything of that? What do you think of that? Uh, uh, it made me kind of sick when I saw it yesterday. Yeah. yeah, kind of freaky. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, We're probably going there next. Well, we are. Well, we already, there. There, are, there are, but they've already put a, put a thing in that you can't mm-hmm. protest around any political thing if there's anybody, the president or anybody else there. You can't protest on the Supreme Court staff. You can't can't. be anywhere around Washington. You can't protest at political conventions. And you can't protest at a convention. Where the hell is that? You should be able to. It's It's supposed to be about debate, not against a one-man show. Well, you know, uh, Sigmund Freud said, if you're afraid of guns, a fear of weapons is a sign of retarded sexual and emotional maturity. What do you think of that? Huh. That's interesting. So much for that. <laughs> if you're afraid of guns, you're, you're, you're a sexual freak. So anyway, I just thought that that was an interesting way to, 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 to do things tonight. Let's see if there's anything more exciting. We We're coming to the end of things. Okay. The Chinese aren't waiting. We're stupid. We're going to get left behind.
we need more space for the latte outside. Huge increase in the Obamacare premiums are coming. Really? A huge surprise is coming in November after all the Obamacare premium increases have been announced. They will be coming. Holy shit. Okay, though. 